Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning and welcome back. You are listening to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, guys, I am Nate Zielinski. If you are staying, or, uh, tuning in right now, uh, this is the normal segment that you would hear uh, my voice uh, on it. But we have been in studio for an hour now. We've got another hour to go. Again, so we are guest hosting. Uh, I am in studio with Mr. Dustin Sigler. Uh, we are very excited to, to announce. If you watched the Facebook Live earlier, sorry, uh, we had a... A little communication, or, or I didn't say communication breach. Uh, our storage got full on uh, on the iPad running that, so uh, our Facebook Live on the Tightline page died on us. Uh, but guys, if you haven't heard the news uh, per se, Dustin is the newest Team Tightline member. Uh, guys, we're excited about that. He is going to be our senior ice guide here at Tightline Outdoors. Uh, so again, if it comes to ice fishing, uh, we're excited to have Dustin here. Uh, he is on top of his game. Big fish, multiple species. Uh, so we're excited to have him in the studio. And guys, the next... Uh, 12, 14 minutes. We're just going to be talking about ice. We want to talk about the conditions. In the first hour here, we, we talked about, you know, kind of where there's ice. Uh, and, again, we're excited about it. I think with much uh, much ex- excitement, um, our mountains are capped now. Our front range is probably two weeks from being fishable. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of things going on. Uh, we're excited about that. After this, we're going to go to Bass Pro Shops Denver. Uh, Dustin and I both have uh, seminars right there, so we're excited about that. I'm going to be talking 1 o'clock about ways to catch more and bigger fish, talk about thinking outside the box, uh, really making it specific to you. Uh, and then at 2 o'clock, Dustin's going to be talking about walleye. With that being said, we talked about ice. We're going to answer some Facebook questions here in a second. But of all the speed species that you can target through the ice i have to say that probably the whether you want to say i'm temperamental or the hardest or the, the hardest to focus on is walleyes through the ice everything has to be perfect you're talking about a fish that honestly probably feeds maybe 15 minutes in the morning maybe 15 minutes in the evening per fish thank goodness there's a pile of them in the school to where we get like a a two-hour window in the morning and a two-hour window at night but regardless this is a fish that is flawless in their feeding so the the bite window is short and it's hard you catch a pile of walleyes on the ice dustin Give us a few little tips of ways that we can increase our walleye. Obviously, you're going to do the full seminar at 2 o'clock at Bass Pro Denver. Uh, but while you're in studio here, give me just one or two things that think separates you from, from some others in, in creating that success. Yeah, definitely, Nate. Um, thank you. I mean, you said it. Uh, Primetime walleye, that, that, is, that is so key. Um, you need to be out there, whether it's uh, just before first light or uh, – you know, right there at the end of the day, an hour before dark and the first hour of dark, those are going to be your primetime hours to get out there and really increase your odds at catching these fish. Um, you know, the, they're very temperamental. They do not feed a ton in the winter. They do eat, though. Um, they have to. These females are, are uh, they're egged up. They, they feed heavily in fall, but they're going to need meals throughout the day to keep their, their, their body satisfied, Absolutely. if you will. Um, and... Uh, you know, one of my main things that I want to talk about, uh, of course, if you're not going to make it, be able to make it to Bass Pro this evening um, or this afternoon, uh, a couple of things that I'm going to go over there is is just where to find them. Uh, I hear a lot of guys going out; they're drilling holes, they're they're fishing hard. They may stay in a in one spot or two spot the whole day and and say, "Hey, we marked a couple of fish, we just couldn't get them to bite." 
You know, location is one of those things where if you're not on that spot on the spot uh, where those fish are cruising, roaming, looking for a meal, uh, your odds just are not in your favor at that point. And and I truly, I truly think your primetime areas for that, you know, your main lake points with sharp breaks on them, uh, mainly the tips of the points or, or just those sharp break edges, uh, the humps within a, in a lake, uh, ridges, inside turns. These are all prime locations. Um, for those of you that can't make it to the, the seminar, these are things I will go in more detail about. Yeah. Um, and, and just spot on the spot. And they, I think that's really what it comes down to when you're targeting these fish and, and really trying to get in front of them. If you can't catch a fish if you're not on them. I, I think spot on spot's huge. You know, so, I, I again, we, we talk about this in almost every seminar, but yet as an ice angler, I'm guilty of it too, so I'm making fun of myself, so nobody get upset at me. But we're lazy, and I, I hate to say it, but if we pull up on, we'll just say a roadbed, a point, an inside curve, all this stuff that you just talked about, if we pull up on our boat, right, we, we hit anchor mode on our you know, motor guide motor and we sit there, but we take a cast and we work you know, 70 foot of a piece of structure. Then we cast the next spot, and literally in five minutes we work it all. Now all of a sudden your entire world lives through like a six to ten inch hole. So all of a sudden now, people literally set up, drop their line down this little you know, eight-inch window, we'll say, and they expect everything in the world to come to them. Yet a couple weeks ago when we were on our boats, we were catering to these fish. We were going to them. But yet ice fishing, we don't do that. So when you set up, I think that's one of the biggest things for success for walleye is you have to think. Where's the bait fish coming from? Where are the walleyes at? When I'm on this point, when I'm on this structure, am I close enough to the edge? Am I where the fish are at? Because, again, a walleye in most of these lakes does not have to eat. You know, these rainbows are a little bit more hungry. They'll come 15, 20 feet to take a bait. Our walleyes are well-fed. We have a million times too many shad, not not like a bad decision, but we have so much food they don't have to eat. They're very good at feeding. They are a hunter. I mean, their eyes glow in the dark. They have teeth. Like, they're the ultimate predator in that world. So they're good at what they do. So as an angler, it's so key, spot on spot, to cater to them, to make sure. I, I can't tell you how many times I see guys walk out, drill their hole, and they sit down for the next three hours. And then at the end of the day, they're like, ah, this was terrible. You know, not even knowing, hey, am I right on the edge of this spot? Am I in the right position? Um, so I think spot on spot, especially for walleyes, is one of the, the biggest keys with that. Now, uh, walleye-wise, Dustin, I, I change up my depths throughout the year. When I walleye fish, I tend right now when we cap, so we'll say Christmas, January 1st, I usually fish mid-depth. So I always say my key depths are like 14 to 16, 14 to 18 feet with what we call early ice walleyes. Then Mid to later January, I actually really go deep. I go to the, the deepest structure. If you're at Cherry Creek, obviously you're kind of limited. But like Chatfields, I go down to my like 18 to 25 foot. I go to where the fish are a little more stable. They're not moving as fast. Um, and that's really when I do some serious damage on these fish and, and, and catch a lot. Um, and then as we approach February... Every year, we are getting more and more early pre-spawn fish. You know, we used to always say the spawn was in March and, and April. Uh, you know, we're seeing males ready to go in, in literally in early February. And I think we're having more and more early spawning fish because we've had some early ice offs. And it, it puts oxygen in the water. It gets everything flowing. Um, so really, by, by early February, I actually move total opposite spectrum. I go super shallow in hopes of finding very aggressive pre-spawn fish. But what's your, your focus? Focus point. You're going to go to Cherry Creek. It'll probably be the first to cap here. It's got some ice on it early mornings, and it kind of fades off. But you're hitting Cherry Creek. What depth are you looking for? That was one of the questions from our Facebook Live segment. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so first ice at Cherry Creek, um, you know, all these fish are going to be structure-oriented, whether that's uh, humps on the points, the ridges that are out there. I I truly like that, that exact range, um, 12 yep. to 16 foot. But, you know, in, in Cherry Creek, it's so easy to go from the top of a structure straight down to the basin, and you can work that section very easily because of those break lines, those edges, those steeper, steeper areas. So I will set up and drill my holes right at the top of that structure and I'll drill them all the way to that basin and I'll fish them out. And I, I find where those fish are, where they're swimming through. I mark that depth and then I'll then drill my holes parallel to that structure or to that break lane right in line with it at that same depth and continue to find that spot on the spot to, to target those I fish. mean, that's it because, again, catering to your fish in the ice world, especially walleyes, is, is hands down one of the most important things. So, awesome. And, again, you're going to be covering more of that at Bass Pro. Uh, another question we had, guys, we, we also went live. We're on the radio here, but we did a Facebook Live segment while doing this. We took a lot of questions. Uh, we had a gentleman asking us about large trout. He's, he said, hey, I catch a lot of trout, but I'm looking for bigger fish. If you are fishing North Park, you know, your your John, your Delaney's, you're fishing South Park, Antero's, 11 Mile, those type fisheries. When the average person comes to me and says they're not seeing big enough fish, um, again, we're, we're going to be, you know, beating this uh, topic that we keep talking about, but it's because you're too deep. Hands down, if you are not seeing the quality of fish you want, generally speaking, you are fishing in too deep of water. Um, you know, so if, you are, if you're catching a lot of those, we'll say stalker fish, or even those mid-teen fish, you know, hey, I have no problem catching you know, 12 to 18-inch rainbows or 20-inch rainbows, but I see guys catching these giant fish. I want to catch a 24 or 26. Um, for me personally, it's all about that shallower water. The shallow water holds more food. The shallow water has more oxygen. The shallow water has more light. It's easier for hunting. Um, and the biggest thing is that shallow water does not have competition for food. Um, when you're talking about a big mature fish, a big rainbow, a big brown, um, you know, those those bigger cut bows, um, that's a it, – it's a mature – animal it's a mature thing we'll say um same as us you know when you were growing up and you were that older sibling you didn't want to hang out with your young sister or young brother that was driving you crazy i hate to say it but it's the same case you know when you're a teenager you don't want to hang out with your nine-year-old you know sibling it's what it is same thing in those trout world you're not going to see that big 24 26 incher hanging out with those 12 to 14 inches competition for food it drives them crazy so if you're looking for those bigger fish you're not gonna see as many but i go shallower i would say nine times out of ten that shallower depth is almost always the key for me uh to create more success in those bigger fish what do you think dustin oh 100 um they're big for a reason they know where where the food is you know like you said the oxygen in that shallow water is is flourishing at this time of year. Of course, later in the year, you lose, you deplete in oxygen levels, so the fish yep. go deeper. Um, it, yeah, your shallow water's got all the food sources right now. Um, even those smaller trout, yeah, they do come through, but they're gonna they're gonna tend to stay deeper, deeper than those bigger fish, and it's all a fight for the food um, where they're at. Um, the big big fish, they they want something that's going to be easy. Most times, they're a little more finicky. I would say they're not as um, I don't want to say aggressive, but yeah. in a sense, aggressive. That you know, they're looking for, especially walleyes. When I'm talking walleyes, trout is a different story. That this is their time to really just be cruising yeah. around the water temps, just where they want it. Um, but you know, as far as walleyes go, they're, they they can be very temperament temperamental um, with uh, slower, smaller tactics to get them to bite. 
Yep, absolutely. Awesome. All right, guys, our last question that we had here covering this segment is pike. Uh, we talked about it briefly talking to Marcus. He said, how are we going to catch pike right now? Um, again, I'm fishing rocks. I'm fishing steeper structure at all of our pike fishers. That's at Williams Fork. That's at 11 Mile. Uh, that's at Stagecoach. Uh, so, again, I, I'm fishing. I'd say my depth is going to be that 8 to 12 feet of water, but with deep water very close to where literally you walk 15, 20 feet away from those rocks and you're in 25, 30 feet of water. Uh, so these fish are really cruising those rock walls, and that's the, the biggest thing for me. Now, with that being said, the major pike feeding window for the fall is when that water is 48 to 52 degrees. That's going to be the first 15 days of October. That's when these fish bulk up. They slow their metabolism down. They slow everything down to where they're not feeding near as aggressive now, and they're really you're going to hold that kind of mentality and that, that stabilization of their, their overall system um, until we start getting into basically February when the pre-spawn hits them. That's where they're going to move shallow. That's when they are going to drastically increase their food intake and, and really get everything going. Um, so, again, I think the biggest thing with pike right now is, number one, you have to be patient. You obviously have to move around until you're into fish, but once you find them, it, it's very rarely this time you're going to be a super hot and heavy bite. You're going to catch fish, but I wouldn't plan on catching a lot of them. For me personally, I plan my season. So right now, I fish the high country. I'm catching big rainbows at Antero, fishing 11 mile. I love catching rainbows. Here in about 10 days, we're going to have ice on the front range. I then pound my walleyes for a little while. Uh, by the end of January is when our kokanee gather on the plankton. So I'm going to roll right into our kokanee salmon bite, and then I roll into my pike bite. So I plan my season accordingly to where I'm on the best bite possible. So for me, for pike, you can catch them now. It's very doable. But that bite is going to be amazing come mid-February all the way going towards March. So instead of you know, taking advantage of catching some fish, I target the other fish that are very active right now. And then come that time when those pike are on fire, that's when I put most of my focus on them. We have so many opportunities with giant lake trout, rainbow, salmon, walleyes, bass, um, all this through the ice. I try to line up my season accordingly to where I'm always on the optimal fish at the optimal time to, to create that success. So, uh, guys, in talking about creating success, we're going to take a break here. But our next guest, um, if you are on social media, if you follow fishing, you know this man. Uh, he is literally the legend, one of the most famous anglers out there, Eric Hadia. Uh, guys, he lives in Milwaukee giant steelhead he probably catches more giant browns than anybody in the world um you've seen him on on youtube where he was floating around on an ice block catching fish on jaw jackers i mean literally floating around uh guys king salmon on jerk baits this guy uh, is the king of tactics we got him here we're going to be talking about tactics for ice fishing with him uh so guys stay tuned make sure you hang out through this break again we got mr eric hadia coming on next uh guys you listen to the terry wickstrom outdoor show on 104.3 the fan i'm guest hosting nate zelensky we got Dustin in the studio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to the Terry Wilson Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, I am Nate Zielinski. We got Dustin in studio. We are filling in for Terry today. Uh, guys, and I am beyond excited about our next guest. Uh, I mean, I know he uh, he doesn't like me saying this about him, but I mean, you want to talk about the man, the legend. Uh, guys, we got Mr. Eric Hadia. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now, if anybody out there, if you uh, if you are part of any social media outlet or world, um, you definitely will know this man. I guarantee you've seen his pictures. Um, you know, when you scroll through some of your photos, if I grabbed your phone and looked at these photos, I mean, we all, as in myself, Dustin, 
all the pro-style anglers I know, we hope to catch a couple of those fish a year. It's a daily basis for you. Uh, and on top of that, i got to brag you up. All of us have our talents. And you look at pro anglers across the country, and you have bass guys. You have walleye guys. You, know, you have a, a tra- trout guy. You're one of those extremists that accomplishes it all. You are the master of big walleyes, of big bass, of obviously all the salmonoids and all that. So, again, you stay up on, on top of all of that. And, again, we're just excited to have you on. Uh, obviously, in Colorado, we are have some major trout fishing, lakers, rainbows, browns. Um, and I wanted to bring you on today. Talk about some tactics of, of how to catch bigger fish. I mean, you're the you're the big fish master, and I think – as a society, so many, so many times we're we're going into these artificials, and you know, hey, you got to use just plastics. And I want to talk about just catching big fish. I want to take your take on, you know, using bait yeah, yeah. and how it's not a an old school For thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, you know, let me let me go back real quick and touch on all that stuff you were just talking about. You know, and appreciate all the the humbling compliments. <laughs> but but you know, with technology nowadays, Nate, you know. I've got my son. We're photoshopping all these, <laughs> these pictures, so I'm stealing pics. That's how we do it. I'm just telling you. You know, I just I grab this big walleye from this guy in Canada, and I photoshop my face in, and that's how we're. That's how we know. That's I'm perfect. Just I like it. So, <laughs> Whatever you got to do. So you know, buddy. So so yeah. You know, talking big fish techniques or stuff, or you know, for me as an angler, you know, I'm a full time fishing guide and. And, you know, I just simply love uh, fishing and uh, more than, you know, I love to hunt a lot like you, but I just, it's one of those things where I have a lot of passion for it and it never really gets old talking about it or, or thinking about it or uh, getting out there and doing it. And, yeah, you have your tough days and this and that, but the the fishing game is changing a lot. And what I've noticed a lot lately is, um, especially like on the electronic side, um, now that certain types of uh uh, electronics are available. You're for free fishermen to talk about there. it, man. We know you're a Garmin guy. I, I watched you literally. You go Facebook well, well, Live not, or well, yeah, watching bought, these big fish yeah. hit stuff. Walk us through what you're doing. Walk us through it, man. Yeah. So, so let me be real clear to all the viewers out there, right? A lot of your pros are going to get on and they're going to talk about all the electronics in the world, usually because they're sponsored by them. And I used to have my sponsors buy electronics and stuff like that. And, and that's great. You just talk about, but I, this is not, and it has nothing to do with any sponsorship yep. affiliation at all with me. And here's why, because I have two different types of electronics on my boat and they both serve me different purposes. One can do what the other cannot do. The other can do what the other cannot do. And that is why I have them both on my boat. And it simply makes me a better angler, better fisherman, and a better guide and captain all the people that are in my boat because if i have the best electronics that's going to help me find the fish catch the fish faster more efficient and make me better period so it's just like having an iphone versus a flip phone or the latest technology on computers versus using something 20 years ago that's how great technology is changing and i have a garmin live scope on the front of my boat on the bow and what this new technology with the live scope allows me to do is search in front of the boat, pan back and forth, giving me a live image of what is exactly in the water column from the top to the bottom, 100 feet out. So anywhere I swing that and point that, it's going to tell me which way that fish is swimming, how far it is in the water column. There's a grid on my locator that says it's five feet down, 55 feet away. I can see it swimming to the right. I can make a 60-foot cast to the right, see my bait falling towards the fish, 
work my bait above the fish, have fish strike that I would never have seen before. I've seen fish that I've been trolling, and I'm seeing them in front of me five to ten feet down, and I troll the boat over them. The fish swim down beneath the boat. I mark them in the back of the boat down 24, 30 feet, so you assume the fish are down 24 to 30 feet, so you're sending your baits out 24 to 30 feet, when the reality of it is, the live scope in the front of the boat is showing me that the fish are very high in the water column. You're just marking the fish swimming down because they're spooked. Yep. So, you know, this, the game is changing. The sport is changing. And fishermen and the lure manufacturers now with this sort of live scope technology is, you know, what's, what I've been amazed, and I've only had this for about three months, but what I, what's amazed me is how high the fish sit in the water column that us as anglers, without having this technology, have never been able to see or utilize. Always overlooked. Because yeah. when you yeah, when you take the boat over a high fish in the water column, they're going to spook to the left or to the right, right? So, so sonar is very difficult. You're not going to mark them on the sonar or down imaging. You might mark them on your side imaging, which I have in the back of my boat, and I utilize side imaging because it gives me a picture. I can drive by an area, and I can look at my screen, and has now captured a picture of what I went by on both sides of the boat where live scope is live. If you don't see it at that moment, you missed it. You can look in the back of the boat and go, oh, boy, on the left side there's a big pot of bait or a big tree or a big crib or where the weed bed goes off, and on the right side it's a break, and you can see what you're looking at. So that's why I'm telling guys, you know, with the way the game is changing now with, like, this live scope and technology um, man, you talk about helping me catch fish, and just just in this fall alone, I'm fishing for walleyes at night, and I yep. scan this thing across, across back and forth, and I cannot believe how many walleyes at night are sitting two to six feet down over twenty feet of water. Yep. So that's that is what that's what's I just you know I, I for many years as a walleye fisherman I've been fishing beneath them so i've been putting my baits 60 to 100 feet back when maybe i should have only been running them 15 to 40 feet back we we love it when we board fish you never take the board off to net your fish you know you're running crankbaits eight feet behind your board you just lift it up and net your fish yeah exactly so yeah the fish that's what you know the electronics in the game is changing you know and i've learned a tremendous amount from a lot of different fishermen from you from, I mean, just from going to your seminars and other guys' seminars. I mean, the whole way I fish for lake trout over here in the Midwest with the tubes and so on and so forth, I learned everything when I fished out West by you guys yep. you know, from the, the lake trout techniques that you do. No one really does that here, you know, oh, yeah. and your lake trout are big and wild and smart and our lake trout are stocked and <laughs> a little, not so smart. So they're a little easier to catch. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Eric, we're running out of time here real quick. I, I want people to, to be able to extend this, uh, basically, this interview. So real quick, w- walk people through the social media outlets. Obviously, you're huge on Instagram. Uh, tell people real quick, uh, obviously, where they can find you. Most importantly, you, obviously, as, a, as an angler on the water every second of every day, you have built a series of rods that is so specific to catching more fish. Uh, you got the hot rod. It's amazing, Chris. Christmas gifts. So real quick, where can we find the rod and where do we find more information about you? 
Yeah, you know, we built some rods specifically for trout fishing for like lake trout and stuff through the ice. You can get those at H-A-A-T-HotRods.com. Um, it's my last name. And Eric Hadia, you know, if you just Google my name, Eric, H-A-A-T-A-J-A, Hadia, um, you can find me pretty much anywhere from my website. My cell phone's on my website. You know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all that good stuff like that. So awesome. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. I hope you and your appreciate family have a fantastic Christmas. For all those guys that are out there hunting and fishing, wishing everyone a happy Merry Christmas as well. Thanks for having me on. You I too. I appreciate it so much. Good luck to your family. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Take all right, care, guys. See ya. That was Mr. Eric Hottie. Like he said, he says basically just, uh, yeah, Google me. I would say so. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who catches more and bigger fish than anybody I know? It is that man right there. Make sure you check that out. Eric Hottie, amazing interview. Uh, guys, you must follow him. Guys, we're over. We've got an amazing guest coming up again next. Uh, guys, I am Nate Zielinski filling in for Terry Wickstrom on the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Good morning and welcome back to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, I am Nate Zielinski filling in for Terry Wickstrom. we got... Dustin Sigler in studio, the newest ice guide to Tightline Outdoors. Uh, guys, and uh, joining us right now, a good personal friend, uh, guys, and somebody great in this industry. We got Mr. JR. How are you this morning, sir? Morning, Nate. Happy holidays. The same to you, my friend. Uh, you know, we're excited to have you on today. Uh, obviously, you at Colorado Clays, you have got a ton of stuff always going on as a year-round facility and sporting clays and shooting. Uh, always uh, great things to go. I, uh, I can tell you I don't uh, go to your facility near enough, uh, according to my shooting abilities. But we wanted to have you on today. Talk about right there. You know, you said happy holidays. What's going on around Christmas out there at your facility? Well, Nate, it's another great holiday season here at Colorado Clays. And we really do love this time of year. Uh, we have folks from all over the country coming into town. They're visiting friends and family. And you wouldn't believe how many of them have made it a holiday tradition to load up the family and head to Colorado Clays for a great day of fun, you know, enjoying all of the different ranges, fields, and courses that Colorado Clays offers the shooting enthusiast. And with Christmas approaching, uh, people are also getting a lot of their holiday shopping done right here at Colorado Place. I was just going to say, that was going to be my next question to you. When it comes to, to Christmas gifts, obviously, you guys have a lot of stuff, whether it's a day of shooting or, you know, ammo or things like that. What all is, is available? What do you guys have? What would you suggest is the, the ultimate Christmas gift at Colorado Clays for, for the average outdoorsman? Well, I'll tell you, Nate. So the, the gifts people are grabbing right off the shelf, they include anything from T-shirts, hats and hoodies to jackets, gun cases, shooting pouches, I mean, bumper stickers, hat pins, ammo, and much more. But as always, Nate, the number one gift you can give the outdoorsman or woman on your list is that Colorado Clays gift card. And the reason this is such a great gift is that you can bring it to Colorado Clays and spend it like cash on anything we offer. So in addition to those items I mentioned, a person could also use that gift card for time in our state-of-the-art rifle and pistol range or perhaps enjoy shooting some trap on one of our seven ATA trap fields, uh, grab a game of skeet or wobble trap on our two NSSA skeet fields that have that wobble trap overlay. That's a fun time in itself. Or, of course, the most popular attraction at Colorado Clays, uh, shoot some sporting clays on one of the most beautiful 15-station Sporting Clay, of course, is anywhere, and it's right here at Colorado Clays, and you can use it anytime. Because, like I said, Nate, we are open year-round. 
That's awesome. I'll tell you, you talk about exciting with uh, with the wobble course. Uh, I would say the word humbling comes to mind a little bit more uh, than, than exciting <laughs> in my world. But uh, no, I agree. Your round facility again, and this is everything from from your shotgun sports to to your pistol range to your rifle range. Um, I mean, so whether you're planning for that big game hunt or you know doing your general self-defense safety for a concealed carry person or obviously the shotgun, and you have it all right there. On top of the availability just to shoot, your instruction is one of the biggest things that I think is probably one of, another extreme value to have somebody like yourself um, teach you. Now, you have an event every year. I, I'm going to jump right to this. Uh, you have the cast in clay. So basically it's an opportunity to where a team, two two people, get to go on the boat and fish Bar Lake for the morning and then jump into a sporting clay event in the afternoon. Um, you get length, so you basically get a point per inch of fish, and then you get a point per broken clays. Um, the reason I bring this up is because possibly in the past my fishing tends to be good enough um, and I tend to, to kind of fall apart on the sporting clay field. Now, I, I had a partner with me last year, Tucker, that really kind of dialed me in. But as a as an outdoorsman here, you know, I am I shoot more than most, but I not with instruction to help me. And, you know, I throw up and I, I start shooting and I'm with these shooters last year at your event. And he's like, hey, as that clay is flying, you know, picture it as a clock. And on this particular target, you know, you're going to shoot it as if you're shooting the 11 o'clock hour on that clay. And I'm like, I'm aiming at a certain piece of the clay. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm just lucky to get my barrel pointed in the general direction. And again, it's the instruction that you have that sets you apart from any other shooting facility in the state. Um, and again, we all wait for these moments when we're actually in the field. I mean, how many goose hunters sit and freeze to death in their blind or on the river and they finally have that opportunity and they blow it because they're not ready? Uh, spending some time at your facility for the entertainment value, for the success of actually being in the field uh, is second to none. Yeah, and, you know, Nate, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. For 23 years now, you know, we've been Colorado's premier public shooting facility, and we offer many different shooting opportunities and formats, whether it's recreational, corporate, fundraising, or competitive, and we accommodate everybody from the one individual to groups of hundreds of people. But, like you say, one of my favorite days is that Colorado uh, plays cast and clays tournament and the reason is it incorporates two of my favorite outdoor activities uh shooting and fishing into one fun packed day uh and like you say you know you get a point per inch on your fish a point per broken target a steak lunch it's uh an event that everybody should look into now nate uh you and team Tightline outdoors did really good last year with like i believe a second place finish but uh you were just a few points from one of that thing and nate you're my friend, but I got to be brutally honest, bud, and say if you had just squeezed in an extra trip or two to Colorado Clays before the tournament, you may have tuned up them skills enough to win it. And, uh, yes, there's some instruction available, so give me a call, brother. Oh, man, I, I totally deserve that. I'm not going to lie. You know, every time we, uh, you see my scorecard, you kind of look at the scorecard, then you kind of look at me, then you look at the scorecard, and it's like uh, it's like you're a parent. I just did something wrong, and you walked into, you know, me coloring on the wall with a crayon or something, and I'm just like, man. You know, and i got to say, I, uh, I have twin kids. I have a boy and girl twin. They just turned six. Uh, a lot of people know my kids, and they love, love to go dove hunting with dad on September 1st. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, again, I shoot well, I shoot, 
probably with the with the regulars. But regardless, it can always get better. And uh, I'll tell you, when the, that first dove comes by and you're just kind of getting the dust off and, you know, and the dove flies by and the gun comes down empty and the dove's not on the ground, the look that they, my kids give me is very similar to the look you give me when I turn in my scorecard. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so whether it's coming from you or from my kids, there's no doubt uh, my shotgunning could use uh, use a little work. And I definitely I, – I probably need more of the annual membership more than uh, the one or two trips out there. But uh, regardless, I love coming to your facility. Uh, and, again, I encourage everybody to go out there. I'd give everybody a little bit uh, – just a real quick advice. Where do we find this information? Website, phone number. Uh, again, I think this is an ultimate Christmas gift. And if nothing else, just uh, an experience that people must go to. Well, Nate, and always feel free to give us a call, 303-659-7117. Myself, Doug, Corey, any of our staff can direct you in the right direction, answer any questions. But please visit the website, coloradoclays.com. Most questions can be answered there. All the information you need is there. But uh, there's also one other tool that I uh, encourage people to use, and that is the virtual tour of our facility, because uh, you can really see uh, what we're about, how we do it, how the place looks, and uh, I, I think you'll be very impressed, and I look forward to seeing everyone. That's awesome, guys. Make sure you check that out. And, again, uh, we'll see you down at ISC. We keep talking about that. We'll see you kind of running around all the, the shows, and uh, I promise you I will be out there uh, to hone in my skills to uh, hopefully uh, increase the placing of, of where I'm at in that tournament. Again, make sure everybody checks out Casting Clays, checks out Colorado Clays. Uh, you got a lot going on. Jared, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Nate. All right, guys, you are listening to 104.3, the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show. I'm filling in Nate Zelensky. we got Dustin in the studio. We will be taking a short break, and we're going to come back talking more ice fishing. Good morning, and welcome back. You are listening to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3, the fan. Uh, I am Nate Zelensky, filling in for Terry this morning. Uh, excited to be here. We also have got our special guest in studio, the newest uh, guide at Tightland Outdoors. we got Dustin in studio. He's going to be doing a lot of our ice fishing stuff, uh, including some seminars, guys. We are leaving here in about 10 minutes and heading to Bass Pro Shops Denver uh, to do some ice fishing seminars. we got a 1 o'clock seminar and a 2 o'clock seminar, so we uh, encourage everybody to come to that. Uh, guys, obviously, if you been following this show all morning we've been talking education we've been talking ice fishing obviously education is one of the biggest things to to create success uh, instead of going out and hoping for luck uh having a plan and having education is, is huge with that uh guys obviously uh, one of the other big informational sources uh here on the front range is the international sportsman's exposition coming up here in january uh guys we're excited for ise uh, i know that i'll be down there for four days at the show we're going to have a booth there at the show. Uh, I will be doing fishing seminars daily. I'll be at the Experts Corner uh, having one-on-one conversations. Uh, I know that I will be also in the hunting side uh, doing hunting seminars. Uh, and then to kind of top it off, I'm in a casting competition. So a lot of stuff going on. I think there's a walleye panel. Uh, a crazy show. Uh, but regardless, I would love to talk to a couple of you at the show. So with that, uh, let's give away some tickets to ISE. What do you think? That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, guys, you're going to text in uh, a keyword to do that. So, uh, guys, your text number is 303-713-1043. So you're going to text 303-713-1043. What you have to text, guys, how much money are we giving away for first place at every ice addiction event this year? Guys, we had the host on, our, the, our title sponsor for the event this year. We've been talking about it a lot. Uh, but, guys, uh, again, if you uh, are a part of the Barnett Rockfence Ice Addiction Tournament Series, 
Series, uh, you know that we have got a huge first place prize. So right now, you need to text that answer. Text us what that first place prize is. So text that uh, that answer to 303-713-1043. Uh, guys, we're excited about that. You're going to have some ISE tickets, and uh, we'll see you down there at the show. Uh, guys, we also did something kind of different to show why I'm hosting it here today. Uh, Dustin and I went live on the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page just to get some feedback, get you guys involved, engaged. Um, and with that, we uh, unfortunately kind of ran out of storage on the iPad and it died about an hour in. Uh, but regardless, we were taking questions, and we were kind of building the show about you. We wanted our listeners to have some feedback, have some input uh, to where you guys get, uh, again, get involved here. Uh, with that being said, we're, we're going to answer a couple of those questions. One of the biggest things we have, guys, we had a ton of guys talking about salmon. Uh, now, obviously, one of the very hot topics, uh, especially for early ice, is fishing the Snake River at Dillon for those kokanee that come in there. Um, they, they are running now. Uh, I will say that that is going to wrap up here very shortly. It is also... Uh, a little bit of a popular destination. I would say that it is, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be alone out there. We'll put it that way. You're going to be kind of shoulder to shoulder for the salmon, but it is a great time. But with that, I want to talk about kokanee in general because a lot of guys hit them when they're spawning right now. They hit those uh, fish at Wolford when they're coming in shallow. Uh, they're hitting, again, the Snake River right now. Uh, but after that, I want to talk about the true effects of catching a lot of fish, catching bigger fish, catching fish that fight a lot harder, is catching your, your normal salmon in the, the main body of the reservoirs, not your spawning fish. Um, and with that being said, 11 mile last year, uh, I was beyond excited about it. I, I don't want to you know go back and forth and say like the old days, because uh, again, I don't want to live in the past, but 11 mile last year was fishing like it did in the 90s and in the early 2000s, before the gill lice, before our kokanee population started fluctuating lake to lake and region to region. Uh, last year at 11 mile, I mean, those salmon were coming through in massive schools. I mean, half the schools at Kokanee were 5 and 10 feet thick. You'd have schools as big as 15 feet thick. I mean, again, thousands and thousands of fish. And, I mean, there were days where if I had anglers that were really on top of their jigging, they could catch their limit in 30, 40 minutes. I mean, it was it was as fast and as furious as possible. And I think this ice season coming up is going to be the same. Uh, 11 miles calf, but with that— I really like my conditions for salmon. I like it to really stabilize in the winter. I want my waters to cool down. Obviously, it just froze. So before that, we had wind. We had fluctuating temperatures. Um, So really, by mid-January, the whole system kind of stabilizes. The ice starts getting thick enough to where everything kind of relaxes under the ice. Um, And that's really where you see all the plankton start to gather. So finding and and attacking the food source is the number one thing that's going to help you create more success for kokanee salmon fishing. So by mid-January, everything kind of stabilizes. All those kokanee really get piled up around those thermoclines, and they get grouped up uh, just in that water column. And when that plankton gathers, the kokanee gathers. So it's not that the kokanee aren't catchable now. They're just really spread out as a school and as a, as a fish species. Once the, once the plankton really gathers up mid-January, those kokanee gather up very thick. And that's really when your success rate as an angler is going to go up. The biggest thing I look for, I'm fishing in the channels, but I love fishing where there's some sort of bend. I think of the river channel in a reservoir, like at 11 Mile. If I were to drain the water and I had the river going through there, where would there be an eddy? Where would it get backed up? So if you literally look at a topographical map and you see that channel flowing through there, anywhere where there's a major bend, anywhere where there's an island, anywhere that's going to cause that to go, 
that current is is still flowing under that reservoir. It, it's not aggressive, just a really mellow pull. But anywhere where you have those eddies, anywhere where you have a bend in that river channel, you're going to get the plankton stacked up and a little thicker than other places, and therefore your kokanee are going to stack up there a little thicker than other places. So I love seeking out those areas. You know, you walk basically like straight out from Coyote Ridge, walk out towards the towards the islands right there. Between the shore and the island, you have kind of some bins. It's a great gathering point for those plankton, and therefore your kokanee just stack up. And I'll tell you, you go out there. I actually use a, a jigging machine or a flashing machine, uh, a lot of crafts uh, going on in my, my garage. I take a 1987 Toyota Tercel windshield wiper motor. Drag out a battery. Um, guys, and I hook up four or five sets of flashers or cowbells, uh, and this machine is jigging this machine with no hooks on it. Um, and it basically puts off a, a massive set of flash. And actually, from a distance, that flash appears more as a cloud, and the cloud looks like plankton. So that's what you're imitating. It's not that they just like bright, shiny things, um, you know, like why we have to buy a shiny boat type thing. Uh, it actually appears from a distance like a cloud of plankton, and that's what pulls those kokanee in. So I have that jigging machine. It appears to be a big cloud of plankton, and those kokanee just stack around it. And I'll tell you, uh, it is some fast and furious action when you get onto a good pot of kokanee, uh, and you get them in that water column, and you get them around that that attractor um and they are fast so i will tell you it, it leads to a a lot of missed fish and a lot of missed bites it's a salmon they're fast they hit hard uh but i'll tell you you have got to be on top of your game you know we have dustin here uh talking about that with walleyes for example you know we work so hard for bites and the kokanee it's more of a speed thing while we miss fish a lot of times in the walleye world it might be a real subtle bite because they don't have to feed uh but again if you can make the most of those opportunities, you're going to catch more fish. That's the name of the game in the kokanee world. And Dustin, what do you think about walleye? Same type of thing. How many fish do you miss, and how prepared do you have to be when, when a walleye takes your bait? Um, yeah, uh, a walleye is really going to feed um, you know, from the bottom up, and, and a lot of people miss their fish because they're throwing slack in your line. Yep. And you're not seeing, you're not feeling that bite. Absolutely. So they're throwing the slack in your line. You need to be, a lot of people get honed in on their fish finder. They see that fish coming in. They get excited. Um, maybe changes their cadence, yeah. which scares that fish away. But that that fish will come up, and uh, most times when they want to eat and they, they decide it's go time, they're going to take that bait from the bottom up and throw slack in your line. And if you're staring at your fish finder not uh, focused on your line, you're going to miss a lot of those fish. Lack of paying attention. Yep, yep. Um, and, I, you know, you talk subtle and you talk uh, the difference between kokanee and walleye. And, and yeah, they're they're not – Big feeders in this time of year, yep. you know, they're they're eating smaller things. They're they're moving much more lethargic, and um, I think getting something in front of their face is more important than uh, throwing baits down there and jigging them as hard as you can and, and bringing them in and, and trying to get them to strike as I, a reaction. Bite. I like it, catering to the fish. That's awesome. You know, talking about that, talking about obviously making the most your opportunity with kokanee with walleye, uh, guys. We're going to end the show talking about the last little thing, guys. The ice addiction tournament series, guys. This is the Barnet Rock Fence Ice Addiction Tournament Series presented by Clam. Our first event is January 18th. The ticket is only $45. Makes a great Christmas gift. And I promise you, sign up for that event. And right now, number one, don't miss any bites. So many of these anglers get bites and they miss them. It could be a $10,000 fish. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Nate Zelensky. we got Dustin Sigler in the studio. We're heading to Bass Pro. You are listening to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.